and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about a couple things and how it has to do or relate to how can we know someone's character or what is a person of character. That's what we're going to try to touch on by talking about a couple stories. First off, just an update from the last time that we talked. As you might recall, it was about Bud Light and their trans spokesperson. Bud Light, I guess, lost $5 billion in valuation due to the protests and due to the boycotts and the basically the blowback of what happened during their, I guess, trans or woke campaign, ideology campaign. And so, again, the point is, as I've been saying on the show, whether it be parents with schools, whether it be consumers, whether it be people going to shows, a fan of something, if you guys band together, then you can make change. Remember when all the school boards were trying to push CRT and other stuff out there? If you just kept your kids home from school... That would affect change. If you, like with Bud Light, if you stop buying a product, it becomes devalued, losing billions of dollars, and heads are going to roll. And it got to the point where even celebrities and um, country music, NASCAR, I think, people like that even got into the fray. So it was pretty significant as far as those that got involved. Now, you might not think that that can happen on a local level, or if it was just a grassroots level, like we often talk about, trying to affect change at the local level, at the grassroots level. But you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what kind of impact you can have as the parent, as the consumer, as the person that then stops participating in something. I know people sit there and they say, well, you can't boycott everything, and that's true. But if you can pick and choose, you might start getting the ball rolling on some of these things or maybe think, Make other people think twice before they enact something. So here's the flip side to that. Remember when the insurrection at the Tennessee courthouse took place and then those three, or at least two of the three, were expelled? Lawmakers, Tennessee lawmakers, Democrats were expelled. People started to get up in arms, protest, call the Republicans of Tennessee, yeah, you know, White supremacists, because the two people that got expelled, the two Democrat lawmakers that were insurrectionists that got expelled, they were black. You have, uh, so the white supremacist, neo-Nazi, fascist, and on and on and on, you know, a threat to democracy and so on. And then they decided to call for a boycott. They're going to boycott things from Tennessee. Well, this became a little bit of a quandary for these liberal thinkers because one of the businesses they were going to boycott was Jack Daniels. And so as you look through social media, which is a cesspool anyways, but a lot of people go to social media so you can affect change through that, much like Bud Light did, the Bud Light controversy. But you scroll through social media and there's a huge cry to boycott Tennessee-based products and Jack Daniels was one of them. Well, at the time this was being announced, Boycott Tennessee, Jack Daniels had announced, if it's true, again, I don't know if it's true or not because it's on social media, but 
Jack Daniels announced a campaign with RuPaul to have a woke agenda type ad campaign or some sort of campaign promoting LGBT. So that raised the question, what do you do? You're calling for a boycott of Tennessee-based products, but this product happens to be pro-LGBT, so do you become hypocritical and boycott everything except this one? So you're still supporting Tennessee and Tennessee-based products. So what happens? And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. I mean, at what point do you have, and we've been talking about you know religions, not from the religious standpoint of following a specific religion, but when you talk about some of the things that you look at as far as religion goes, we talked about uh, because Ramadan and Easter, we had uh, we were relating you know Christianity to the Bible. You had uh, Muslims and the Quran, plus you had the five pillars of Islam, plus you had the Ten Commandments, plus uh, the Jewish religion. You had the Torah and some other things. So you had basically a source that you can go to to look at and see what it is these religions believe, right? And you can compare what they believe this person believes to what the Quran, what the Bible, Ten Commandments, whatever says. And you can then compare. Well, with these kind of political ideologies that come out, there is no longstanding or anything written that you have to follow. You just make it up. And as you make it up, you can change if you get painted into a corner with questions that you can't answer, or maybe you're facing a little bit of hypocrisy, such as Tennessee, should we boycott Jack Daniels, even though they just announced an LGBTQ campaign? What do we do? And so one of the things that you can do, and, and then the other thing too is, are, are they, what's the end result? Is it sowing strife, anger, hatred? those type of attitudes, or is it an attitude of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, maybe some goodness, maybe you could throw in some faithfulness and self-control as well. If you're starting to see someone act in a manner that produces that type of character, that type of emotion, then maybe that's something that is good. So you have what is the people or what are the people, what is the person doing, and what type of of attitude response is an emanating from that. Is it love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, or is it anger, hatred, strife, division, evil? And so that's kind of one of the things I want to look at in a roundabout sort of way as we start this program. And now one of the things, obviously, that is huge is this transgender ideology. If you've followed the show, we talked about it a little bit. Don't like to get into the politics too much of it, but it is dominating everything. Everywhere we go, there's something trans. There's Well, now that uh, that Bud Light girl, guy, dude, whatever, was prancing around in the backyard wearing a Nike sports bra, looking like a fairy or a pixie dancing around. That's the other thing. When you look at these Bud Light campaigns, regardless of what they're doing, I talked about it last time, what I would have done. And so you can go back and check that out. But... Again, why is it that this person is dancing around like a fairy in the backyard, making women look like they're like nuts? Why couldn't this person be doing something like Tai Bo or something a little bit more affirming to what a real woman can do? And then, of course, you have to ask the question, the dude, does he even have boobs to support a sports bra campaign? I guess we don't ask those kind of logical questions. But there was a former transgender influencer 
who is now blaming TikTok and other TikTok stars for the rise of gender ideology. And this person, Oli London, is claiming that it's destroying lives. So Oli London blames TikTok and its transgender stars for the rise of gender ideology. I guess he's going back to a he. Was a he, a she, and now a he. And in fact, this person actually was trying to be transracial, which we'll get into. I guess was a fan of somebody in the K-pop band, BTS, and was getting surgery to look like this BTS band member. And so, again, I don't know if it was trans male to female or transracial, but again, was transitioning to something other than who he was. So then he decided to transition back. So, again, not really sure because it does get confusing if this was a gender trans, a gender transition or a racial transition, but there's some transitioning going on. So, Oli London points out the number of individuals, specifically young people, that identify as trans and how this has skyrocketed since the start of the pandemic. Of course, during the pandemic, TikTok had just begun. I think it was 2018 or something like that, that TikTok just came out. And then, of course, 2020, it skyrocketed to become the number one social media app. And so Oli London says this. We knew this. We've been talking about this for years, the influence that we allow to come into our space. Now, I've often talked about influences on the show. Who do we allow in and who are we going to allow to influence us? Is it going to be something good, something positive, something that's going to benefit us? Or is it going to be something that tears us down, something that hurts and destroys us and is negative? And so London was transitioning, then uh, detransitioned. And as typical during the transition process, was praised. Was a celebrity was a hero, but then during detransitioning, became a villain, vilified, viral, uh, vile and evil comments made against this person. And so again, it's just the typical another story. But apparently this is somebody that's an influencer on TikTok and became well-known. So London opened up about the identity struggle Spending eight hours a day on TikTok, he said. He was addicted. Now he barely uses it after the transition, and he's much happier. So this is where it all begins. He's feeling something, thinking something, spending hours upon hours, eight hours a day on TikTok, and this is the end result. You think, oh, wow, look at them. They're popular. They're getting love. They're getting validation. Maybe I can feel validated too. See, it's somebody that's feeling something that maybe feels left out, unwanted, not a part of a group, sees all this stuff going on and wants to mimic it. It started out long, long ago in advertisement when you try to get somebody to buy your product. And then it became the celebrity spokesperson. Oh, if that person is using that product, then I better. And you'd see that on TV, maybe in radio ads, maybe in magazines. And then it's moved to social media. So the whole concept of these influencers hasn't really changed. Just the name, the 
technology and who can be one, a person of influence has changed. But it's all the same going back to basic advertising and advertising campaigns. Get somebody famous that everybody likes to use your product, and the masses come calling. So sitting on TikTok, feeling these feelings of not being loved, not being popular, not having validation, sees these people getting all that that he wanted, so he starts to change. He goes on to talk about how many of these transgender influencers have gained notoriety for a various number of reasons, um, encouraging minors to alienate themselves from their parents if the parents do not affirm their chosen gender. Or some people now want to send prescription drugs across country to states where puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones aren't legal. And he blames TikTok's algorithm for this. So again, anytime you try to alienate somebody, and we learned this with cults, anytime you try to alienate somebody from a parent or a family, obviously you're trying to get them to join your cult. Not listen to that. Alienate yourself from your family, the people that love you, the people that are there for you, that care for you. And maybe because they don't understand what you're going through, and maybe they think that what you're going through might not be the best for you, these people on TikTok want to pull you away. No, you can't be with them. No, you can't do anything with them. you got to alienate yourself. And how interesting is it that we have Oli London, a former trans influencer who is detransitioning, talking about how other transgendered people of influence want you to alienate from your family. Then you hear about the abortion, and people want to not have parental consent, not let parents know. Then you have schools that don't even want you to let your parents know or don't want schools to tell parents about your pronouns and your transition. Why is it that you're keeping things from parents? So if you want to combat this, people, you should probably start having, and we've seen it, we've talked about it, a parent's bill of rights. Parents should have the rights, not the schools, not people on TikTok. But unfortunately, because of things like the kid not feeling loved, validated, etc., they see it on TikTok, they're going to do things that they see people on TikTok do. That's where plastic surgery came from. That's the whole idea about wearing Jordache jeans or Calvin Klein back in the day. Name any other brand or yeah, brand of clothing, car, drink, you name it. You know, Pepsi and Coke always went back and forth, right, with their campaigns. And then finally Pepsi got Michael Jackson to do a campaign, an ad campaign. And so you're always fighting to get that person that can influence the most. And remember, this is the other thing that's fine, that's interesting too, is you used to get celebrities and people that the majority would look up to. Remember Magic Johnson, Larry Bird back in the 80s. You would have all kinds of TV stars. You would have just any number. You'd have people that were in bands, movie stars. Remember how these models like Cindy Crawford, they started as models and then kind of got into the movies or into uh, doing makeup campaigns to try to sell L'Oreal makeup. And it goes on and on. But so you get these uh, people, according to Oli London, and you're trying to influence them a certain way. 
You're trying to circum, circumvent drug laws. And then the TikTok's algorithm promotes this type of activity. He goes on to say that they, TikTok, they check what you're interested in, and they push and feed you videos related to your interests. If you're a kid that maybe stumbles across a video that's about gender ideology and you watch the whole video or maybe 15 seconds of it, TikTok will remember that and just keep showing you that same kind of content over and over and over again. Okay. We all know this. We've talked about it on the show. I'm sure you know about it. Um, I believe it's The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It's a documentary. We've talked about it before, played some clips. You should check it out. It talks about that very thing. Social media looks at what you watch, and then they feed you those videos. I've talked about videos that I've gotten. I could be scrolling through, and then all of a sudden I see, okay, well, here's an example, okay? So I never really had any baseball videos come up. No baseball videos. But I've been posting a couple of baseball videos uh, here at the start of the baseball season to social media, some big moments in Major League Baseball, whether it be Hank Aaron's 715th home run, Pete Rose's 4,192nd hit. You know, maybe there was that uh, Robin Ventura, Nolan Nolan Ryan brawl. You know, some moments in baseball. Now, all of a sudden, my feed is inundated with baseball stuff. I happen to then, while that's going on, see a video about um, boot camp at Paris Island. So naturally, it was of interest, so I watched it. And now that's what I get. So again, what you see is what you get. So what we're talking about here is a social media feeding you stuff. Okay, we know all that. Now let's get into the meat of it. So what we're looking for here, as Oli London goes on, we're talking about acceptance. People want to be accepted. We're talking about popularity. People want to be popular. They want to be liked. They want to be a part of a group. They want fame. Nowadays, fame is the big thing. People want to be famous. They want to be TikTok famous. They want to be... Remember, it was Facebook official. Nothing's official until it's Facebook official, until you announce it on Facebook. And what it really comes down to, it's a lust of self. When you take a look at all of this, it's a lust of self. What can I do for me? How can I be me? And I want you to, without question, accept me for me. Oli Lemon goes on. I was sharing all of my changes going through this transition phase, and the amount of positivity I got was insane. The more he transitioned, the more positivity, the more acceptance, the more popular, more fame. It fed his lust of self. I was getting millions and millions of views, hundreds of thousands of likes per video, and before that, I was just abuse. I was just getting abuse. Before that, I was getting hate. So you see, hate and abuse is one thing. Now all of a sudden you start doing something that is popular, regardless if it's good or bad. You're doing something that's popular, and now all of a sudden you're getting the likes, and you're getting the videos, and you're getting the views, and all of a sudden you're going to continue to do that because as our psyche is trained at an early age, we want to do things that is accepted. I kind of fell for that. Maybe this is the only way I feel loved. I feel validated. The only way I can feel loved and validated is by getting this attention. So I went along with it. 
and thought, maybe these people are right. And that's what really pushed me to transition. So was he going to transition? Maybe not. Did he think about transitioning? Absolutely. But what pushed him over the top? The people that he did not know. The people he probably never met. The people that he probably couldn't say one thing about pushed him over the edge through their influence on social media. Is it going to be love and hate or acceptance, fame, and popularity? And that's what he chose. Goes on to say it's a duality. Love. Actually, I guess you could say love of self and acceptance. You know, people don't accept me for who I am, therefore I'm going to change, right? Or why don't people love me? I mean, from a young age, growing up, this was kind of an issue with a lot of people. Why don't people love me? Why don't my parents love me? They got divorced. Why don't they love me? I have no friends in school. Why don't people like me? I get bullied. Why don't people like me? It goes on and on. That's the number one thing through the ages. Going back to Cain and Abel, is that why don't people love me? Why am I not accepted? Why am I not whatever the case may be? And then that's turned into now, why am I not popular? Why am I not famous? Why am I not getting the likes, the views, and what can I do? You think about, I guess, before social media, people would run to cults. You think of the famous Manson family, a bunch of runaways, didn't like their home life. And so what did they do? They ran away. And then they ended up with a group of people that accepted them, that validated them. Oh, we know what you're going through. Come join us. We'll provide family for you. And then they, of course, took advantage of that, that trust. You think about the gangs, gang life, especially inner city gangs where there is no family. Maybe there is no father. Maybe there's no mother. Maybe the grandmother raised the kid. And so the gang life offers that acceptance, that love, that family that they're looking for. I remember in the uh, 80s, the runaways running off to L.A. again was a big thing. You had uh, runaways, missing people, and they would head to Hollywood. And unfortunately, they would end up in a not-so-good situation. I mean, you thought about, um, well, you think about all the people that fled because of abusive family life, maybe abusive parent, maybe abusive uncle, whatever, and especially the women that ran away. And then what would happen is they would end up in pornography, in stripping, in the sex worker industry, being taken advantage of. Because at some point along the way, much like the Manson family, they were accepted into this family. They were given praise. They were given love. They were given adoration. They were given validity. Now we've just taken that and we've moved it from real life and we put it into the digital age. So there's nothing different about what's happened on social media. The only difference is the widespread reach that it has. And that's what makes it dangerous. That's what makes 
young people susceptible because they don't know. There was a, um, it was gun, gun control debate going on on social media. Everybody's an expert on everything. But this psychologist, I guess it was a psychologist, mentioned the fact that the brain doesn't stabilize until the age of 25. And that was a reason the psychologist was using to support gun control laws. So I quickly turned it around and said, well, if the brain doesn't stabilize until 25, then maybe we should make 25 the age limit for a lot of things, including transgender surgery. And, of course, now you have to backpedal because that wasn't the intent of what you wrote, but now you're stuck in a corner, and so now you're going to change your ideology and make it up, and that only applies to guns. Only the brain is unstable until the age of 25 when it's guns, but a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, yeah, they can make up their mind about their sexual identity. Yeah, so again, there's nothing written down. You can make it up as you go. There was another exchange that was going on in social media. In fact, somebody sent me something in a message, and so I clicked on it, and it was a post, and I was reading the post and reading some of the comments, and so I responded to a comment, And, of course, it started back and forth. And what really, I guess, got them, because their comments were, we need to be loving and acceptance, and uh, it was love, acceptance, and, you know, whatever. And so I merely pushed back on that and said, well, there's, again, age restrictions for tattoos. You have to be 18, maybe over 16 if you have parental consent, but 18. That's a tattoo. And then how many people, adults, do you know that on their own got a tattoo and then regretted it and then got it removed? I see it every day on social media, people regretting their tattoos. Remember those tramp stamps at the base of the back of women? A lot of people regretted those. That turned ugly quick, got them removed. So again, if you're making a decision about a tattoo. Now, there's a lot of people that love tattoos, and they keep them, and that's fine. It's not an argument about tattoos. I'm just saying that if people, 18 plus, make the decision to get a tattoo and then regret it eventually, what's not to say that these younger people whose minds haven't developed, who are being influenced by a social media entity, a crowd, that they don't even know, that doesn't care about them and only cares about them as either a pawn in an ideology or a statistic to help their cause, is going to listen to them and then do what they say because that's where the acceptance, that's where they get validation, that's where they get love. Which brings us back to why aren't we, the people surrounding these individuals, why aren't we the ones showing them the love? the validation, the acceptance that they seek. And we'll get to that in a minute. But that's what it is. And so that's why when Oli London talks about influencers telling you that you should alienate yourself from your parents and maybe other loved ones that are encouraging you not to go through transition because those are the people that are going to love you and those are the people that probably have the most um, influence over you. You got to alienate from that and only watch us and listen to us. It's nothing new. This has been going on for ages. 
So now you start to connect with new people, people that think like you, people that can now influence you. And you feel that acceptance, that love, that validation, and that's that quest for lust of self is growing bigger, but you think it's getting quenched when it's really not. So isolation, alienation. So now you've got people on social media. They're the only ones telling you what to do, and you've alienated yourself from people in real life. London said this feeling of acceptance made him want to make his transition to the extreme, so then he ultimately opted for surgery. They're telling me, the people on social media, that I'm doing the right thing. So I must be doing the right thing. He started to want to change himself more, got hair extensions, changed his entire face, started dressing in women's clothes. He said every time it was just nothing but praise from all these people that had pronouns in their bios saying, this is amazing. You're incredible. We finally support you. We finally support you. When previously, months earlier, they were attacking me and sending me hate. Wow. Because he started to transition. Now, they finally loved him. It was amazing. It was incredible. We finally, finally, we support you because you're doing what we want you to do. And then, of course, now since he's detransitioning, the hate. And he goes on. Again, he's been in this world now. Says his experience isn't unique. Explaining that when you see someone share their transition journey, their notoriety on TikTok skyrockets. So maybe we have people that are just kind of doing this as a phase because they want to be popular on social media. But yet they get pressured, pressured, pressured. How many people, remember? It was drugs. Don't do drugs. You had that frying pan with the egg. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Nancy Reagan, just say no. And so that peer pressure has always been there. We've just moved from the drugs. And how many times, and this was the point, how many times have, or do you know, of somebody that has been encouraged to do something that changes their life forever? Whether it be a, a drug an alcoholic uh, experience. You know, they, they drink something and now they're addicted. Or maybe watching an adult video and now they're addicted to those. Just sometimes just takes one, one time to alter a person's life forever. And so again, it starts little, he says. Oli London, for instance, it might be a boy. They might start doing a little bit of a lipstick. Their views go up. They might do hair extensions or wigs. Views go up more. They put on a dress and more and more and more. And the more they do it, the more they're being encouraged to do it. And one of the areas that you parents should be known, uh, make known of is these, you know, before and after school clubs. You're at work. You think the kid's safe at school in an after school club. But the people working the after school clubs, what do they doing to your kids how are they influencing your kids i'm starting to see more and more kids boys with fingernail polish on their nails during the day ask them where they get it it's after school daycare or before school daycare is that something that should be happening would you be happy with that or don't you care and if it starts with 
fingernail polish. Now they're accepted, getting praised from those workers because they're wearing fingernail polish. What comes next? Is it lipstick? Views will go up. Is it hair extensions or wigs? Views will go up. They put on a dress more and more and more. Apparently, the uh, hashtag top surgery, so basically the old-fashioned boob job, having them removed, or maybe implant. I'm starting to see that more and more. That's the other thing I'm starting to see more and more is these people that were once women with their shirts off, and they have the incisions around their chests, and they're flaunting the fact that they had their chest done, and they're flaunting their scars. It's sad. It's really what it is. It's sad. And the algorithm will promote this because it's up to now 2.1 billion views with women and girls showing off their experience getting double mastectomies, often showing their scars and sharing their transition process. Only London goes on. If this goes unchecked, in fact, it's actually getting amplified. So it's not going unchecked it's being amplified it's not getting checked out at all they get hundreds of thousands of views if not millions of views so the reality becomes a problem and he goes on from there so again this is a person that was transitioning i guess from male to female but also taking on the form of a bts singer in that k-pop group and then decided to detransition okay and again, before the transition, said right there, attacking and sending hate. But now, praise. You're amazing. You're incredible. We finally support you. Getting that love, that acceptance, that validation that he was looking for. So then, there was a clip between Oli London and somebody else. And they go back and forth, and it's a black lady who I would imagine is LGBTQ, whatever, and Oli London, and they have a conversation. I get the sense that it was kind of a setup, like a staged event, because they do kind of go after each other a little bit. I do think and sense it was staged, but I've got a portion I want to play that I think kind of really sends, really kind of... um, generalizes if i can say that it's not really the word but it kind of just really points to the fact of what each side is saying and how it just becomes redundant 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 and how it becomes not only hip uh hypocritical but illogical and it lacks common sense I think your skin colour has a lot to do with everything you're doing. I think we need to recognise that white supremacy is a global issue. What you are essentially saying is that you can change your race and you can't change your race. And I think if you don't recognise that power imbalance in what you're doing and how it's disrespectful to me, you're just kind of proving the point that you're doing this for money and attention. No, I agree with that. Every person that was you know, born Asian, they do go through these struggles. But I understand what you're saying in terms of white privilege. I've never had that experience, you know. But I am not one of those people. I am completely different. So I don't like to be put in the same category as someone like that. I understand some people might get offended by what I do, but I'm not actually going out there doing bad things. I'm not doing anything to hurt people. I'm just living my truth. I'm doing what makes me happy. So you identify as queer? 
yeah. right? Non-binary. Mm-hmm. Non-binary, mm-hmm. okay, I recognize that. Thank you. So if you as a non-binary person are adopting the culture of a minority in a minority because we know that the queer experience in Korea is, you know... It's very difficult. That's why I was speaking up and actually I helped a lot of people by doing that. What you are doing is really giving white saviour. Like, it really is because you seem to think that you can adopt the oppressions of minorities. What do you think so, you can do as someone who is so far removed from that experience? These people are throwing for their lives so in the UK. So do you UK, think it's better for no one to say anything and speak up for these people? I'm speaking up for these people. I'm trying to help these people. You centre those who are affected. You don't centre yourself. And that's my problem with you. Well, it's better than doing nothing. What do you do? What do you do to help people around the world? You can't ask you me that. You don't, protest, to, you, don't, you don't get to ask me whether I go to protest or but why I do. you're criticising me for doing something which I'm actually helping a lot of people. You I think do you're helping people by taking the picture? You don't get to question me and I'm not even going to entertain well, you. You don't get to question me? Yes, I do. Well, I just did, so what's up? Well, why can't I question you? Because I think it's... Well, you're not questioning me because you want to understand what I go through or what I'm doing. You're questioning me because you want to try and find a hole in what I'm saying. So there at the very end really sums up what they can do. Remember, we talked about it. We talked about um, how they don't have to have anything written down, like a religion where you can go to and check and balance what they say with what they believe. So at the end, you don't get to question me. I question you because you don't want to understand me. So as the pushback by Oli London He's pushing back against her. She just retreats into, you don't get to question me. You don't get to, you don't get to, you don't get to. It's only me, me, me. I push you, and that's it. And she went with white supremacists. Uh, went with not, oh, she, this is, the, this is the kicker. So she says, hey, you're queer, right? And he's like, no, I'm non-binary. So non-binary means you don't identify either, as either male or female. So she accepts that. That's okay, but she can't accept the fact that he identifies as a Korean person and then starts clowning on him for that. You can't be transracial. You can't be a white savior. You can be non-binary, something that doesn't exist, but you can't be that. And so, again, that whole little thing right there really just kind of sums up what the whole thing is about. No logic, no common sense. You can call out somebody. And you can attack them, and you can accuse them of the typical racist, white supremacist, um, white savior, so on and so forth. But then when you get called to the carpet about what you're doing, now all of a sudden you don't question me, and you get upset. Again, I did feel at the end of it, because I was only a portion of it, that it was kind of a stage thing. But again, it's it's the truth. It's it's. I won't say stereotypical, but that's what it is. A stereotype is something that is so common that it becomes the norm, and that's what it is. You sit there and you just make stuff up as you go along when you are called out. So then you have all this kind of woke agenda and woke ideology. He goes on to talk about you know the uh, the Mulvaney Bud Light thing. Um, It's interesting because London also says that people like Mulvaney get rewarded for their bad behavior, which he sees as offensive to women who have been females their whole lives. He also says it's a problem when young TikTok users who are 13 and 14 idolize these transgender influencers and could think, one day I want to be just like Dylan. He's successful. He's famous. He's hanging out with all the biggest Hollywood stars. Again, fame, popularity acceptance, lust of self. And that's what it is. And that's why it's important for parents 
and for people that are involved in a kid's life, that you invest in that life so they come to you and they look at you and they want to not idolize you, but they want to maybe mimic what you do. And maybe by doing that, you are now showing character that is producing things such as love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, because the other side doesn't have it. Look at that lady just jumping on him. There was no peace. There was no love there. There was no joy. There was no self-control, no gentleness. She attacked him, called him names. Again, why do you call people names? When you're calling someone a name, you've lost the argument. You learn that in debate. In fact, people don't have to debate. Never give in to the other side and never call them names. And so kids want to be feel, uh, they want to feel accepted. They want to feel loved. They want to jump on the hottest trends that are going on. And this happens to be one of the hottest trends. And then it goes on to talk about some other things about some dude who had to delete some posts because he was going to be sending some drugs to people like hormone blockers and uh, puberty blockers and stuff like that to people in other states where it is illegal. So again, what is the transgender ideology when you break it down in its simplest terms? Because you hear so much about it, but what is it in its simplest of terms? Essentially, transgender ideology holds that people can be born into the wrong body. It's simply not true. Human sexuality is binary. Okay, we know this because in nature, reproduction is the rule. And human beings, uh, we engage in sexual reproduction. You need a man and a woman to do that. Women are XX. Those are the sex chromosomes. Women have two Xs. Men have an X and a Y. Those are genetic markers. They're genetic markers for female and male, respectively. Okay? Binary, that's the rule, and it's self-evident. Transgender, someone who identifies as transgender, however, that's not a problem in their body. Gender identity, all identities, they're in our thoughts. Thoughts and feelings, those are not hardwired, they develop, and they may be factually wrong or factually correct. Uh, the definition of a delusion is a fixed false belief. So. If I persistently, consistently insist that I am Margaret Thatcher or persistently, consistently insist that I am a cat or uh, I'm an amputee trapped in a normal body, I am delusional. And in fact, there are people who believe they are amputees trapped in a normal body. They are appropriately diagnosed as having body identity integrity disorder. If you want to cut off an arm or a leg, you're mentally ill. But if, but if you want to cut off healthy, healthy breasts and genitals, oh, then you're transgender and you don't have a mental illness. Individuals with disorders of sex development are being used as pawns in the fight for um, basically a civil right to a mental illness. There's no such thing as a civil right to a mental illness. But that is, in fact, what we are dealing with, with the transgender rights movement. See, it's gotten to the point, too, where when you take a look at some of these laws and some of the states that are going on, it's just done for political purposes. 
They just want the vote. Do they think they really care about you? They don't. They care about the multi-billion dollar industry that's been be cre- that's been created. Just like abortion, multi-billion dollar industry, they don't care about you. In fact, we've seen it time and time again, and Oli London is another one. I was sharing all of my changes, and the amount of positivity I got was insane. I was getting millions and millions of views, hundreds of thousands of likes per video. Before that, I was getting abuse. I was getting hate. I kind of fell for that. Maybe this is the only way I feel love. I feel valid is by getting this attention transitioning. I kind of went along with it and thought, maybe these people are right. And that's what really pushed me to transition. Every time, it was just nothing but praise from all these people that have pronouns in their bios saying, this is amazing, you're incredible, we finally support you. When previously, months earlier, they were attacking me and sending me hate. So if they're sending you hate, now they're praising you. It's not really the praise and love you're looking for. Yeah, I read somewhere that, there was a post, obviously, that why would I believe in a God who hates people? And so I simply responded, or at least tried to figure out which God, because again, if depending on what your belief system is, there might be a God for something, but... They just replied, God. Okay, so let's go with the universal God of perhaps the Christian Bible. And there's that misnomer where people think that God hates people, when in fact God created people. There's this falsehood that Christians, now again, there's radicals in all movements, in Muslim, in Christian In Jewish faith, I mean, there's radicals all over the place. But if you are a true believer, Bible-believing person in the Christian faith, it's not a hate. In fact, it's a love. Well, how can that be? Well, if you think about it, the Christian believes that there's two places to go when you die. Either enter heaven or you enter hell. And you do that based on if you accept Jesus, turn of your sinful ways, and trust in him. And if you don't, if you live for yourself, then you don't make it to heaven. And so I tried to relay this message, this information, I guess, to uh, somebody that was talking about a hateful God. Well, first of all, God doesn't hate. In fact, he loves everybody. And then I tried to respond with, obviously, you don't know much about the Christian faith. And of course, they were an expert in Christianity, which of course they weren't because they didn't know anything. Because God is not a God of hate. God's God of love, but not love is love. He sets the rules. Start with the Ten Commandments, and now it's in the Bible. And in fact, it's not really rules. It's things to live by, guides to live by. I don't want to simplify it too much, because once you repent of your sins, and you ask God to forgive you, and you accept him, and you believe in him, then you're going to want to do the things that it says in the Bible. But if you're living for self and you're living for that lust of self and you're seeking acceptance, validation, love from the world, you're going to get hate. You're going to get anger unless you do what they say, unless you compromise, unless you become conformed to this world. 
And so as I was trying to explain that God isn't a God of hate, because people have often said that before, too, in other areas. I, how can I believe a God that sends people to hell? Well, he doesn't. He gives you an alternative that you choose to ignore. So it's on us, on us as people. We make choices. And so if you're saying that you can't follow God who hates, well, then perhaps you're not looking at the right God. If you're not looking at the right God, or if you think you are, then perhaps you are wrong about your religion. Because somebody told me that, again, this going back to that post that I talked about earlier where someone sent me a post in a, in a, uh, in a message, and I was looking at it, and the comment was, you know, those Christian believers that hate everybody and the God that hates people, how can I follow them or something like that? And that's what started it. It's like, oh, and then it was, you don't know anybody who's transitioning, so therefore you can't say anything. Kind of like the whole idea about abortion. If you don't have a uterus, you don't have a say. If you don't know somebody who's transitioning, you don't know a, you can't have a say. If you don't know someone who's transgendered, you can't have a say. It's like that mentality, right? So I simply responded and said, yeah, I actually did know two people. I knew two people that transitioned. Eventually, through the whole process, got to the end result of transitioning from male to female. Did not like the result. It did not solve any of their issues, and they ended up taking their own lives, suicide. And so I just quickly shared that, yeah, that's what I know. And then, of course, they accused me of making it up. And then I looked at their bio, and they're from, like, you know, small town, like in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. And it's like, dude, trust me, there's nobody there that you ever came across. Because when you grew up in, when you grew up in L.A., West L.A. is right there. And that's where they all go to. They all live together in, in areas, whether it be Vegas, Miami, uh, Brazil, those hotbeds of large populations of transgender people because they come together for that love acceptance that they feel they don't get outside of their own community. So if you're in certain places like small town, middle of nowhere, Nebraska, chances are you probably didn't come across anybody unless it's of recent because they're on TikTok. That's not really true to what someone being transgendered is. But I don't want to get lost in that because I want to go back to the fact that if God is a God of love, people say, why do this, 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 this? It's because we have a choice. Who are we serving? Are we going to serve ourselves? Are we going to conform to this world? Are we going to conform to what people are telling us, even though they have no interest in us personally? We're just pawns. Or are we going to trust in somebody who actually created us? You want to think about it. And you start to think about the radical changes inside of you. See, transgendered wants to change the outside. And they think by changing the outside, their appearance, it's going to change how they feel on the inside. That is not the case. There's always going to be something inside you, no matter how much you change on the outside, there's going to be something inside you, that void, let's call it, that isn't going to satisfy what you're feeling. And if you really want to know the truth, that's going to fill that void is God. He created you. People say that, oh, I was born in the wrong body. Well, you can feel that way, but God doesn't make mistakes. God wants you to be whom he created. Now, sure, it's a fallen world. Bad things happen. We've got cancer. We've got deformities. We've got 
like that video or that, uh, if you're watching on the video, it was the video, but the audio as well of the last clip we just played, how some people think they're actually amputees and they actually want to cut off an arm or leg because they believe they're an amputee. They have a fixed false belief. It's a delusion. So if you believe that a fixed false belief is a delusion, then maybe it's delusional to think that trans ideology is real. So you start to dig deeper into the different layers of this, and it's not so simple. And, of course, politicians just want a vote. So you're a pawn in the game for their power, for their lust of self. And their lust of self isn't acceptance. Their lust of self isn't validation. It's power. It's greed. That's what it is. And so you've got all these people that are out there that are just in it for themselves. The people on TikTok telling Oli London that he's giving him praise, I guess, as he starts to transition. They don't care about him because if they did, they would be encouraging him through his detransition, but instead he's being hated, vilified. You heard the clip with that black lady going after him, saying that you can't be that way because you're a white supremacist, you're a white savior. You can be non-binary, which means you're neither male nor female, but you can't be transracial. Okay. Doesn't make sense. And so what are you going to do? So again, when you look at all this that we've talked about, Oli London's experience on social media, the hate. Oh, then the love and acceptance, but then the hate. No, what it was, it was, and the the conversation back and forth on the, the video clip. What is the end result? Strife? Division, hate, I mean, they hate each other, intolerance, in the name of tolerance, violence. I saw a video the other day where I think it was Turning Point USA was on campus. Some trans person apparently came over and flipped their table. Why are they so violent? It used to be back in the 80s, blowing up the abortion clinic, gave faith-based people a bad name. But now trans people and other people can riot, can cause violence. And it's okay. It's accepted. In fact, it's encouraged is really what it is. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be somebody that sits there and tries to create an environment where you can support the kids, give them the encouragement that they need, but also the correction that they need? Because chances are, if they're 12 and 13 now thinking a certain way, what's their influence? Ask them, what's their influence? They say social media, maybe you need to encourage them to be off of it for a while and watch them have a panic attack because they're addicted. If they do decide to get rid of TikTok because they've been talking about banning it, why not just get rid of Twitter too? Don't need that. Don't need Twitter. Don't need TikTok, Twitter is probably the most toxic place on the face of the earth. The hate, the lies that have been spewing on there is unbelievable. That's another place that doesn't promote any peace or love or kindness or gentleness or goodness or self-control. The whole world lacks self-control. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the simple, the basic You were created with a purpose. The creator did not make any mistakes. And even though you feel like a mistake was made, no matter what you do, 
to your outside self, no matter what the end result is as far as the praise, the acceptance, and the validation that you get from others, no matter what on the outside is never going to solve the problem that you have on the inside, that void you have on the inside. That void will still be there. The accolades, the videos, the likes, they may go up, but that void is going to be in there. And in order to continue to get that acceptance, that validation, that love that you're seeking on the outside, you're going to have to go further and further and further down the rabbit hole. And then in the end, if you do decide, oh, wait, this isn't for me. I don't think I made the right choice. I think I changed my mind. Then you're once again vilified. You're once again demonized. You're once again evil because you changed your mind and you turned your back on them. But that inside is never going to be filled. That void will never be filled. Because it's a God-sized void that only God can fill. I remember going to amusement parks. You had the, the rides, you know, the roller coaster rides. Especially like at Disneyland when you had Space Mountain going up. There was always the chicken exits. You'd be winding through, getting ready to, you know, make your way to the front where the cars are for the rides. And they always had chicken exits, chicken exits. I don't remember ever using one, to be honest. I really don't. I mean, I was in elementary school, um, but I did see people check out. And then you go on the ride. I think it would have been, the only time I would have checked out was probably the first time. Because once you're on the ride, you're like, holy cow, this is amazing, right? <laughs> this is cool. Let's go do it again and again and again. That's always the case, right? You're always kind of leery about something, and you want to take the chicken exit, but then you get on the ride, and it's over and over and over and over again. And you're like, this is great. I don't want to belittle it, but that's kind of like what God is like. If you sit there and you're being called towards him, you have a God-sized void in yourself that you've been trying to fix on the outside with surgeries and extensions and wigs and whatever you go through. That's the chicken exit, trying to get yourself away from the ride of your life. But if you just continue a little bit more, and you follow through. And you take that ride that God puts you on. It's going to have the ups. It's going to have the downs. It's going to have all the rounds. It's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be peaceful. But when you get off the ride, you're going to want to go on it again. Because you're never going to want that ride to end is the point. You want it to go over and over and over and over again. And so if you really are sitting there not knowing what to do. Just turn to God and ask him. Something simple as, I need help, please help me. Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. Check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio, W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can check out all the past episodes there. You can uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also just internet search us, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Or, hey, Google, hey, Suri, hey, Alexa, play TWO, Two Steps Ahead, and we pop up. Our Instagram page, TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. 
Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.